Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. Remember, you're the most important person here because without you, we cannot teach. We learn so we can teach, and we teach so we can learn. We're talking about anger and relationships and how important that is and how God sees situations, circumstances, events, and people. And so when we want to know that, of course, we go into Proverbs. And Proverbs has told us a lot about how God views the angry person or when we get offended. And, uh, but that's what we're talking about and, and uh, how dangerous it is. Anger is very dangerous in any relationship and uh, it gives the enemy uh, a foothold. You know, we've often heard that, but if you have missed the first three teachings, please go back and check those out, and uh, and we're just kind of going right along now. And uh, on this fourth part, we want to talk about God choosing the foolish. Yeah, we were all foolish before Christ, weren't we? In fact, God chose the moronic, lacking a grip on reality, acting as a brainless and stupid person. And that's, the, that's defining uh, from wisdom, from Proverbs, uh, the fool, the person that gets angry, you know, a person that gets angry and uh, lashes out uh, at people is considered to be a fool, according to the Proverbs. And, uh, and so the, to define fool would be, of course, uh, brainless, stupid person. But you know what? We were all there, weren't we? Before Christ. You know, I I could share a testimony with you, and I will. You know, before Christ, I was very short-fused. And it didn't take much to get me to explode. And, uh, you know, I was driving, went through the drive through at Burger King. I was living in Salt Lake City, Utah at that time. And I remember, I mean, this might have happened to you. You know, you, you drive through, you order your food, and you get your food, and then you drive all the way home, and uh, you forget to check after you go through the drive-thru if they did your order right. And that's, some, that's a mistake I made. I didn't look through my order and see. But uh, what I noticed is they had my order messed up. I didn't uh, get what I ordered. And I got all the way home, and I was mad. I was angry. I was went back and threw a temper tantrum and actually went inside the Burger King and uh, at that poor lady there, kids, you know, at the register. And, and they said, oh, we'll make it right. We saw, we're sorry. And I just, I wouldn't buy any of that. So my anger just unleashed. But, you know, even the Apostle Paul, if you think about how, how angry he was, he had Christians persecuted. And so here's a guy that God chose. That's right. God chooses <clears throat> us. And, you know, it's because of how good he is. And when we take a look at his, uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. He says this, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. But God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. 
And I believe it's to show how good he is. You see, all through the, all through my Christian life, I have discovered that God has blessed me because of how good he is. Can you relate? You know, ministry today is a life, not a to-do. You know, we think that, uh, you know, when you think about ministry, what do you think about? Well, we think about doing, don't we? We think about getting involved in some kind of uh, action and maybe even going to another country and serving. We think about, you know, putting on our service shoes and going out and getting busy. Well, ministry under this new covenant is not a to-do. It's a life to be in. Paul says in his second letter to the Corinthians, now who uh, are the new creature in Christ? That's who he's writing to. He's writing to anyone in Christ, which is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So in his second letter, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he's actually going to include himself and the body of Christ here. And he says, it is not that we think that we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. You see, so it's that very life that we possess in Christ that qualifies us to be ministers. Now, someone once asked, they said, you know, how, what do I need to do to teach? And I said, well, learn. That's what we do. We learn so we can teach. And so as you learn, you teach. You see, if that's your desire, if you're a believer in Christ and you have a desire to teach, learn and then teach. You know, ministry started at conversion. Remember, ministry starts from the moment we get up to the moment we go to sleep and everything in between. It's just that life that we possess as we go into our day. So from the time we get up to the time we go to sleep becomes ministry. So what we do is we live from the life-giving Spirit of Christ. We don't live for Him. You know, it's interesting that 95% of Christians will not share their faith in their lifetime verbally. Did you know that? In fact, in most cases, you never even know that people are Christians. But 95% of Christians share their faith non-verbally. That's right. You know, we share our faith non-verbally every day, don't we? We're on stage, a pastor once told me. If you're in Christ, in, in him was life. The life was the light of mankind. So that light shines in the darkness, whether we realize it or not. Peter tells us this. He said, uh, you know, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. You see? And so the moon and the sun have a, a neat relationship. And they, we know the physical things teach us about spiritual truth. 
So as the moon gazes at the sun, what happens when it gets dark, the moon reflects the light of the sun, kind of like in our lives. When we're gazing at Jesus during the good times, when everything is going well, when it gets dark, during the troubled times, we reflect his light. Do you get that? And so what happens is people take notice of that. And when they ask us about our Christian hope, be ready to explain it. So this has been our part four of anger and relationships. If you missed the first three teachings, by all means, go back and check those out. And, you know, if you're struggling with uh, angry people, or maybe you are an angry person and you're having a hard time, you know, remember in Christ, we're going to have inner conflict whenever we uh, are angry at people or when people are angry at us. And so it's good for us to, you know, go back and reflect back on what God has to say about this topic. So thank you for joining us and God bless.